0: Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. We're going to talk today about the next two services about living in the power of God living in the power of the blood of Jesus. And when I was working on this, I thought of the scripture, and I love this, where the Lord says he will do exceedingly abundantly above anything we can ask or think. He'll do, we have not because we ask not, and whatever we ask, he'll do more. And, um, you know, every year between my birthday Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's—every year I gain ten pounds. Every year, and then I gotta work on losing it. And I thought, God, you're—you're you're bigger than pumpkin pie. And so, you know, for for every year for my birthday, Pastor Lydia makes me chicken wings, hot wings. And I mean, they are so good, if any splashed on your forehead, your lips would slap your brains out just trying to get it. I mean, she makes me a big plate of these wings. They're unbelievably good. And Jesus told me not to share them with anybody. And then for my birthday, and I want to thank everybody for all the cards and all the gifts and all the pies and the cakes that you make for me on my birthday. And then we have Thanksgiving. And I, I always tease about Tiz not cooking or anything, but I'm going to tell you something. Tiz makes the best turkey and gravy and dressing. She makes the best. I mean, just thinking about it, makes my mouth water. And then my girls all, they cook all the sides and, and, and my girls all make these uh, amazing pies. And so, you know, we're going into it and I said, Lord, I want to lose I, you can do you bring water out of a rock I want to I want to eat all this stuff and instead of gaining weight lord I pray that I lose 5 pounds instead of gaining and I'm here to tell you I only have 12 pounds to go <laughs> But the God that we serve is a God of miracles amen, amen. joking aside and the last couple of weeks, we've talked about breaking the curse. And we're gonna talk about after we break the curse, receiving the blessing. But the thing I want you to focus on is God doesn't want you just to get by in life. He is not El get by, he is El Shaddai. Now I want you to receive that, that God doesn't want you just to get by. He wants to break every curse it tries to come against you, and then through the blood of Jesus, reverse that curse. Amen. I live by this scripture, my family lives by this scripture. What Satan meant for evil, God will use it for good. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. Now I wanna show you a little video of my grandson Lion here just for a moment before we read the scripture. And all, most of you know that Lion had leukemia, About four years ago, four and a half years ago, no child ever survived this kind of leukemia. And God, he not only survived, but God put a gene in him that there is no medical history of any child his age having this gene, which caused him to survive. But in that, one of the things we didn't tell you is they thought that Lion would maybe have a challenge in learning things because of the heavy doses of chemo. I'm talking about reversing the curse in your life. Amen. Say reverse. reverse. And so when Lion came out of this at 3 years old, he could look at a map and name every president in the United States, what state they came from. He could he he had like a photographic memory. Where well, he knew all these things, um, he would have, Jen and Luke would have the alphabet and stuff on there, and they would say, you know, something like, what's the letter Q, and what color is it? And he'd go green. The, I mean, just, he could he read at three, four years old, but he also has what's called pitch perfect, which I don't know, huh? Perfect pitch. Perfect pitch which means he can hear any, he'll be sitting over there playing with something and somebody will ding on a glass and he'll go A minor. And so I wanna show you a little video of an example, just a real short video of an example that happened just the other day. And understand this, that God is no respecter of persons. I believe we're talking in the back with the guys with all the bad stuff that seems to be going on and everything. Listen, if we stay in the word of God We're going out a glorious church and your best is yet to come. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Just watch this video and I wanna show you how God not only healed lion, but what Satan meant for evil, God is using it for good. Just a short video, look at this. Today was a great day. We got to give a brand new Fender acoustic guitar and electric guitar to Cook's Children's Hospital they have an amazing studio there where kids with life threatening illnesses can receive therapy through music. This was extra special for us because this is the hospital where our son, Lion, was diagnosed with cancer and treated. If you'd like to donate to our nonprofit, Free Music, to provide instruments for kids facing life threatening illnesses, go to freemusickids.org for more info. We finished the day by letting the cook staff see Lion's perfect pitch. Okay, close your eyes. Close your okay. eyes. Okay, close your eyes. Teenager. <laughs> what? Keep going. Okay, let me see here. Okay, I, I'm gonna. Minor. What? <laughs> oh my goodness. So. So we could go on and on and show you all these things, but what you, what I want you to understand, you know, th- they, they told my mom and dad, your son's a junkie. When I Before I became a Christian, I was a, a drug addict. I was uh, hitting up 10, 12 times a day. The world said, once a junkie, always a junkie. The world told my mom and dad, your son will never change. But the word says who the son sets free is free indeed. And without getting into that, indeed, So if there's poverty in your life, God doesn't want you to just get by. He wants to bring prosperity. If there's anger in your life, he wants to bring you joy and happiness and peace. And we're living in the most exciting time. I need somebody to say amen. Amen. In the history of the world, somebody's gonna get blessed. It might as well be you. Amen. Read with me in, once again, 1 Corinthians 11, 23. It says, and for I received from the Lord that which I delivered you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Now, once again, this is what the, the church world and we call the Lord's Supper, but actually this was Passover. And what I want you to see is when we understand the truth, look at me a second, this just popped in my spirit. I usually write this down, but the Bible says that in the very, very last days that we who understand the word, we will enter into paradise. Now, the Hebrew word for paradise has no vows. In Hebrew, there are no vows. And so when when you look at the Hebrew word paradise, it's parties. And what that is is four levels of understanding God's word and I won't get into all that, but I want you to understand this, and I'm gonna show you something today. When you take a scripture, and then you take another scripture, and then you take another scripture, and you take another scripture, and God shows you how these are connected, he brings an end time revelation that will bring us into paradise, which is the enemy defeated in every area, and the blessing and the power of God, not once in a while, but living in the blessing of God. How many wanna live in the blessing of God? All right, so I'm gonna show you how to connect a few things. So as we're reading this, number one, let's take the first thing. We call it the Lord's Supper, but actually when Jesus is eating this with the disciples, it's on Passover. Everybody say Passover, all right, so, for he received the Lord, which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, take and eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, we 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 talked the last couple of weeks that this always bothered me because we showed in the scriptures that the teaching of God's word is when Jesus became our Passover lamb. On Passover, they brought the lamb into the house, they took the blood of that lamb, and they sprinkled it on the doorpost of their house, and God said, when I see that you have taken the blood, when I see that you have taken the blood and put it on the doorpost of your house, or put the blood over your family, over your marriage, over your home, over your finances, over your business, God said, I will stand in front of your home and your family, and I will make the destroyer the angel of death. I will make him pass over so that he can not only not touch you, but he can't touch anybody in your family. Now, let me say, that doesn't mean that the devil doesn't try to attack, but what Satan's meant for evil, God will reverse that curse and use it for good. Now, the Bible tells us that no bone in the Lamb of God's body would be broken. We went over this for two weeks. The word there is literally a word that in, in Western Aramaic or Hebrew means to scrape. Jesus said, this is my body which was scraped for you. And so when they put Jesus on the whipping post, they used something like this. And so it wasn't just a whip. That left welts, but something like this that when they whipped Jesus, these barbs would dig into his flesh, they would pull it off, and literally his body was peeled or scraped away. Now, we went over this, but when we understand what this means, you know, come uh, Christmas Eve, we're gonna take communion and I will read the scripture, and we'll have all kinds of visitors in your family, hopefully will come, and we'll say, this is my body, which was broken for you. But you, as a disciple of the Lord, will hear, not broken, but scraped. And it comes from when there was, in, in, uh, the Israelites came into Cana, Uh, or in Israel, the Canaanites had had the houses and the houses had curses on them. They would call the high priest in, he would see a form of leprosy or a sign of the curse that's in that house and he would come with a tool and scrape that curse off. When Jesus' body was peeled, he's scraping this curse off. Now watch this, we're gonna connect them dots they would then take this material that had the curse in it, they would go outside of the city, and they would throw this curse into a waste place or a desert place or an uninhabited place, right? So the curse is removed. Then the priest would come in, and for seven days, say seven, Seven. he would speak a blessing. For seven days, he would speak a blessing. On the seventh day, or after the seventh day, on the eighth day, which is a day of new beginning, that's what the number eight means in Hebrew, a new beginning, he would then examine the house, examine our lives, and see that the curse was broken, and then he would come back in and seal that wall so that the curse could not come back but sealing it, he would seal the blessing so the enemy could never steal that blessing off of that home or off of that family. All right, now watch this. Then look what Jesus says. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup, is the new covenant in my blood. And by the way, that word new is wrong. It's not a new covenant like a different covenant. It means a refreshing. I'm taking the covenant that I gave Abraham and we who believe in Jesus, Abraham is our father. So every blessing in the Old Testament is now sealed through Jesus Christ to us who believe in the Lord. This is my cup. And also take the cup after supper saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Now what? Let's go through this and let's connect the dots. So Jesus was tied to the whipping post. They took the whip. They peeled his skin off. This is my body, which is peeled, which is scraped away. It's symbolic of going into a house and seeing a curse. Poverty should never be a part of our lives. Oh, I need a better amen. You're a child of the king of kings. Now, I know the church world for years and years taught poverty. But you know why the church from Europe taught poverty because if they can teach you to be poor, they can control you. When we talk about the curse of the fathers, there is a curse that comes from our physical fathers, but there's also a curse that comes from our spiritual fathers. When I first got saved, I was taught that God did not want you blessed. And guess what? That worked. Until I was retaught that God not only came to save us, but he said, beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and you be in health as your soul, as your knowledge of God's word grows. All right? So... The high priest would come in, scrape the, 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 the curse off. He would speak how many blessings? Seven. Seven blessings. He would come in on the eighth day, see that the curse has not come back. He would seal that blessing in and then pronounce that curse could never come and steal that blessing. Amen. Jesus is our Passover lamb. He says, when I see that you understand the blood, when I see that you put the blood on the doorposts of your family, I will forbid the enemy to come in and destroy you or destroy your children or destroy your future or destroy your destiny. As a matter of fact, what Satan meant for evil, I'm gonna turn that around and I'm going to use that for good, all things will work together for good. Now, I believe in all my heart that God healed lion to show the power of breaking every curse that comes against us. But then God said, you know what, I'm going to go a step further, and I'm going to make him so smart, and so intelligent, and Be pitch perfect. I mean, I don't understand anything about music. I know what I like and I know what I don't like. But everybody in the music business sees Lion at this little age and goes, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it before. What Satan has meant for evil, through the blood of Jesus, God has reversed that curse and uses it for good, right? Now watch this. Let me connect another dot. Yom Kippur is the holiest day in the Bible. And on Yom Kippur the high priest would be at the temple and they would bring to him on this holy day, they would bring to him two sacrifices. The high priest would go to the gate of the tabernacle, the gate of the temple which is now your heart and my heart and he would look at the two lambs or the two goats he would pick one and he would bring it into the temple. He would lay it on the altar. That lamb would sacrifice, be sacrificed and through the death of that lamb, the sins of every Jew for one year were forgiven. But then the high priest would dip his finger into that blood. He would go into the Holy of Holies where the power of God is waiting to come out one thing that that changed my life is i realized that my god is not an angry god Amen. my god is my heavenly father and it is our father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom Amen. oh I, 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 can tell I'm, I, I can tell I'm coming against religion. Our God is not a nasty God, an angry God, a mean God. Our God is not a stingy God. Our God is not on a budget. Our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns all the cattle. He owns all the gold in that cattle. And we are with Jesus Christ, joint heirs to every single thing our Father owns. Look at me. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, we, we were inner city, South St. Louis. We were in the hood. And I, we were so poor. I was the first huck to graduate from a university in the history of our family, I was the first huck. You know what I got for graduation from the university? A shirt and tie. When I was a little kid, the ice cream cone guy would come out, come by, and you could buy an ice cream cone for a nickel. I'd have to, my brother and I and insisted and I would have to come in the house because my dad would not spend a nickel on us. And so when I got saved, I'm thinking of my heavenly father in the same eyes as my earthly father, But then what changed me is I realized it's my father. My heavenly father would say, not only will I buy you an ice cream cone or a snow cone, I'll buy you the snow cone truck. You've got to understand, what makes your father happy is to see you blessed. Oh, i got to say that again. What makes your father happy is, is that you know he is such a wonderful God. You know, God does not want to give you what you need. And I've taught this for years. Once I got a hold of it, it changed everything. I've never missed my tithe, never missed an offering besides, but never saw the blessing of God until I realized it's our Father's good pleasure. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless you. He doesn't, you know... uh, how many of you love your children or your grandchildren? You know, when 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 I, my grandbabies were babies, we couldn't wait till Christmas because we'd get them stuff that they did not need, and I'd make a whole game of it. I'd have clues all over the house, and they'd be running up to the stairs and out to the garage and down to the the barn and there you go. Know, because to see them happy meant more to me than anything. And the Bible says I'm wicked compared to how good he is. Oh, come on, somebody gotta get this. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro through the earth looking for someone he can bless. I wanna wait, I believe that's why God says when you come into my house, lift your hands up, saying, Lord, bless me, I'm ready. You know, I I, I don't believe in, oh, well, Lord, I just just want a cabin in the corner of heaven. Me too, I I want a cabin in the corner of heaven for hunting. (laughs) While Tiz is back at the mansion. Our God is a wealthy God. Our God is a powerful God. Our God is almighty God. And it's our Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Somebody say amen. I'm not even on my. Mind. I got to get on my. Mind. Can I tell you how hard this was for me to get? I've told this story before. I haven't told it in years. But when I grew up in the Lord, when I got saved and grew up in the Lord, I was taught the opposite. God doesn't want you owning your own house. God doesn't want you driving a nice car. You know, God doesn't want you to do. When Tiz and I first I passed in our first church, I uh, we we bought a car that the window was so shattered. I drove with my head out the window. In Santa Fe, and the lady came to our church. We were down in the hood. We were in, we were in the hood. Our first church was Henry's Liquor and Meat Market, a little a, a down in the hood in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and hadn't been open for years because two kids were shot and killed, robbing the place, and so the thing was abandoned. It had 28 or 32 leaks in it. Trust me, I know. And this lady, so we got all these gangbangers come to our church, and this lady one day walks. I mean, we had all these kids, these Mexican kids in there. And one day this white lady about 75 years old comes in. Her 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 chauffeur opens the door for her. Now, this is this is a building about as big as this platform, right, for this part of the platform. And all the metal chairs, and, you know, it's got one little old nasty toilet in it. My office was the beer cooler, you know, the beer, with the big big doors. That was my office. If that door closed, I couldn't get out. And one day, the back door opens. I mean, it's just got plexiglass with all kinds of graffiti carved in it, and the kids lived across the street in the river. And one day, the door opens up, and... Uh, this lady walks in in all these furs and her chauffeur opens the door and brings her own folding chair and opens it up. We're, who is this? She owned Miller's Brewery. Now she ended up selling that because she was, became a Christian, she ended up selling that, and, but she was unbelievably wealthy. And she, one day she takes Tiz and I out for lunch. She'd take us out to lunch once a week. She had a, uh, at the fanciest restaurant in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And the governor would come up and say hi to her and the mayor would come up there, say her, And she'd introduce, these are my pastors. And you know, we were, we, uh. And one day we're out to lunch and she says to me, and now this is why it was hard for me to get over this. She comes up to me, and I'm going to talk about the blood of Jesus, but not necessarily in the order in which Jesus shed his blood. But she comes up to, Tiz and I were at lunch, and she goes, Pastor, we we saw 6,000 teenagers saved in three years. I mean, they we were literally jammed. We were so illegal in that building. And then the kids would stand outside and look through the plexiglass windows and open door. I mean, it was just a move of God amongst. But we they're all gangbangers. The courts were sentencing kids to Tiz and I had kids living with us in boys' homes and girls' homes. And it just it was just a most exciting thing. And so she says it was, Pastor, we're so out of room. What are we gonna do? And I said, I, I don't know. I asked if we could move the wall, but it's an adobe wall. It's so old, the building. It's an adobe wall. And she goes, "We ought to buy this building." And it was um, uh, the big furniture company, um, Levitts. There's uh, downtown Dallas. She goes, "They're moving out, and that building's available." And I said, uh, "Lorraine, I said that's got to be over a million dollars." And and you know, this was this was thirty five years ago. And she goes, no, it's actually uh, four million. And I go, you know, our offering with all these kids was like fifty bucks a week. And she goes, no, it's four million. And I said, uh, well, I said that's you know that's a little out of our budget. She pulls out a checkbook. She says, let me buy it. And she goes, Pastor, that car you're driving, she said that's that's dangerous. It was a Peugeot. You know what a Peugeot is? <laughs> Tis, Tis' idea was to buy it and I would fix it up. I know you're watching, honey, and she's going, yeah, I, I, we were newly married. She thought I could fix things. She goes, I want you to go with Fred, her chauffeur. And She goes, you go down and get a Cadillac, get a Mercedes, get whatever you want, buy whatever you want. And she goes, Pastor, we got so all these kids same. she owned Clark Gables Ranch. This big rent, and she took us out there, and it's huge. We could put 50 kids in there, and it had a big commercial kitchen. It was on like hundreds and hundreds of acres. She goes, I want to give that to you. And so I called my pastor, and he goes, Oh, no, you can't take that. When you take that kind of blessing from people, they own you. And so I turned it down, and it offended her. She was trying to do it, but I had a poverty mentality. When we were pastoring in Portland, this is, this is a lot of churches later. This guy in my church, he came in, him and his wife, they were very successful business people, but they're having marriage problems. And they came in and said, uh, pastor, would you pray with us? And we counseled them, they got saved, God put their marriage together, their business flourished. And one day he comes up to me and he goes, pastor, can I see you after service? And I said, absolutely. And so he comes in the back and we're sitting there and I said, guys, what can I do for her? And he tosses me a set of keys. And I look at the keys and it had had a Mercedes Benz emblem on it. And I said, what's this? He goes, that Mercedes out there, that's yours. And I said, what? He goes, pastor, there's no way we can pay you for what you've led us and the Lord has done in our lives and we wanna bless you and Tiz. I said, you know, brother, I can't take that. I can't drive a Mercedes, what would people think? And I can remember the next week, I was at a conference with some people that I really respected, and I told them, this guy tried to give me a Mercedes Benz. And they said, oh man, they're great cars, aren't they? (laughs) And I said, what? And he goes, "Yeah. oh man, how do you like this and that? And I go, I didn't take it. They go, you didn't take it? He said, Larry, do you think the devil put it in this guy's heart? to give you a Mercedes? I said, you mean it's okay if I drove a Mercedes? He said, not only is it okay, what does Malachi say? said, the people who aren't saved will look at you and see the blessing of God, and they'll give God glory for your blessing. So the next week I got home and I was preaching. I go, open your Bibles to Romans 8, 28, and then we're gonna preach. And I said, brother, you still got the keys? He goes, right here, and I go, hook a brother up. I came to church in a piece of junk. I drove home in a Mercedes Benz. Now, you've got to understand that our Father, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. When the priest removed the curse, and he took it and threw it in a waste place, picture Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, they would bring the blessing, the the lamb in, the sins would be forgiven. Then he would stick his finger in the blood and go into the power of God, ready to be released. Folks, God is ready to release the blessing of God in every area of your life. But it's different now, because watch this. Look what God showed me. He would take the blood and he would sprinkle it how many times? When the priest removed the curse how many days did he speak a blessing? Seven. seven days. He sprinkled on Yom Kippur the blessing seven times, but the blessing wasn't released. He would then go back to the gate of the temple and he would take the second goat and he would confess the curses. Lord, there's a curse of drought on Israel. There's a curse of famine on Israel. There's a curse of war on Israel. There's a curse of this. And he would put the curse on that scapegoat and send it to a waste place. A desert place when the priest, this is my body which was scraped for you to remove the curse. He threw the curse into a waste place. Then they would put guards all on the streets because that animal, you know, uh, every morning and every night, I have to go feed the cows. I have to go feed my horses. And you know what? I can open up the barn door and every one of my horses will come and go right to its own stall. You know why they go in there? Can anybody tell me why they go in there? It's where they're fed. They know exactly where they're going to be fed. All I have to do is walk out and go, and the cows all go and they all come running up because they know that's gonna be fed we have allowed the devil to feed poverty and ve- hatred and addiction and anger and devo- we've allowed it to be fed too much so they would take that curse and they would throw it into a waste place then they would put guards on to keep that goat from getting back they kept shooing it away you got sometimes you got to keep shooing it away and shooing it away and yeah. shooing it away sometimes for longer than you care for, but you got to keep shooing it away. And when that curse died in the desert place, then, somebody say then. then. Then the blessing. Now the sins are already forgiven. Every Christian is already there. The sins are forgiven. But the blessing is like, like in a starting block. Come on, shoot the gun. And boom, God gives you a new beginning. God gives you a new beginning. So when Jesus said, this is my body which is scraped for you, when we do this on Christmas, you're going to sit there and go, I know what that means. Remember it says, if you abide in my word, you'll be my disciple. What does the disciple mean? The word disciple in Hebrew means you will know what your rabbi knows, your teacher knows, what the Lord knows. But not only that, you will do what he did. Jesus said, I send you. So this is not only about you living in the power of God, but it's you being able to pray for anyone in your home, your family, your friends, for the power of God. Now watch this, I'm not gonna do this in order, but we're talking talking by the Spirit of God, we're talking about breaking the curse of not enough. We're talking about breaking the curse of just enough. Go all the way back to Passover. Passover, the Jews were slaves for 400 years, 200 years slaves, for 200 years. When God released them out of Egypt on the journey to the promised land, not in the promised land, on the journey to the promised land, the Bible says they left with all the silver and the gold. As a matter of fact, the Bible says they plundered. The people of the world came and said, please, Take our silver, take our gold, take our sheep. The wealth of the wicked, folks, in these last days, come on, somebody, is laid up for the righteous. It's laid up. Why is it laid up? Because we haven't claimed it yet. Let me look at one place that Jesus shed his blood. Not in the order, but let me look at one. Let's show you one place. When they were taking Jesus to Calvary, they took the Roman soldiers, saw thorn bushes. In Israel, these are serious thorns. And in mocking Jesus as the king of the Jews, they took the thorns, broke it off the bush, and wove it into a crown and shoved it on the brow of Jesus. Now listen to me. This is my body, which is scraped. When Every time you hear that from now on, you're saying, through Jesus, every curse is broken over my life and my family, Amen. right? Amen. From now on, from now on, the, the rest of the Christian world will hear, this is my body, which is broken. But you're going to hear, this is my body, which was peeled away. He's peeling away, he's peeled away the curse. And then he said, this is my blood. Jesus shed, how many days did the priest speak the blessing? How many times did he sprinkle the blood? How many places did Jesus shed his blood? One of them was the crown of thorns, not just to stop the curse, but to reverse the curse. They took the thorn of crowns and they shoved it on the brow of Jesus and out of his brow, here, let me shove this on somebody's head. If I were to shove this on your head, what would your brow do? It would bleed. Now why did Jesus do this? Because we're redeemed, we're reconnected, we're seen again as owners of the covenant of Abraham through the blood of Jesus. Not only is the curse broken But now we're reconnected to the power of the promises of the covenant. That's why Jesus said, don't worry about what you're gonna eat or where you're gonna sleep or what you're gonna wear. That's what Gentiles worry about. That's what those who have no covenant. We have an unbreakable covenant with God for prosperity through the blood of Jesus. Now let me show you how it works. Go all the way back to the time of Genesis. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, the Bible says, and, and, and if you wanna get this in detail, I've got a little book out there called The Seven Places Jesus Shed His Blood. But the Bible says he placed them out of the garden and he removed them from the garden. Now very quickly what that means, every teaching in the Bible has two, two aspects. One is physical and one is spiritual. When he says honor your father and mother, that's honor your physical father and mother, honor your spiritual father and mother. So it says he put him out and he placed him out. Now, ancient Jewish wisdom says whenever you see something repeated in the word of God, it's because he's trying to tell you a secret. God's not being redundant. He put him out and he placed him out. Well, he physically took Adam and Eve and took them out of the Garden of Eden where the land flowed with milk and honey. But he spiritually divorced himself from all of mankind from being Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And to, for us to remember, see, in the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Eden, they had a work. But everything they put their hands to, God blessed it. You know, to paint a picture, they'd have tomatoes this big or... Bunches of bananas this big or whatever. And it wasn't like, oh man, I hope this comes through. Everything they put their hands to, God blessed. But when he put them out of the garden and he divorced himself from being Jehovah Jireh, our provider, he said, so that you can remember this now by the sweat of your brow. No matter how much you sow, no matter how hard you work, the sweat of your brow is gonna remind you The covenant of abundance is broken. So here we come, not from the garden in Genesis, but the garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus obeys God. They take him, they take the crown of thorns, and where your finances are cursed by the sweat of Adam's brow, they take the very curse of not enough. Have, have, have you ever noticed that even during the drought, when, like this summer, we're going through, we through—we went through a long drought, months and months of no rain, and we're praying for rain. We got cows out there and everything, but the weeds are green. Isn't that crazy? You go along the highway, the weeds are green. Back in the time of Adam and Eve, before the curse, there were no weeds, But when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and God cursed the ground with thorns and thistles and he said, by the sweat of your brow, the weeds are a symbol of the curse of poverty. Now I'm looking out here, we have white, black, brown, male, female. Listen, don't ever let the devil tell you, well, I'm a female, I'll never get there or I'm this, I'll never get there. No, my God is no respecter of persons. And it's your father's good pleasure. As a matter of fact, I'll just say this, I'll just say this, you know, you look at America, the beginning of America, even before slavery in America, our country was financially blessed because of railroads that the Chinese built. And then you look at slavery and our country blessed on the backs of black people. And then you look later on the backs of Hispanic people or you look at whatever, so instead of being upset What we need to say is, you know what? Everything my parents should have had, everything my grandparents should have had, everything my great-grandparents should have had is stored up in heaven, and God's releasing it. Whether you're white or black or brown or male or female, everything that should have been yours when you discover who the thief is, and the thief is the devil, and the thief is false teaching, everything that's been stolen is coming back on you, good measure, pressed down, and shaken together overflowing. Somebody say amen. So the the symbol of poverty, the symbol of debt, the symbol of lack was the thorns and thistles. They took the very curse, wove it into a crown, shoved it on the brow of Jesus, and where we're cursed by the sweat of Adam's brow, we're now redeemed by the blood on Jesus' brow, and not only is the curse removed, but now, through the blood of Jesus, the blessing of God is released, and all the prosperity. When we, when the rapture takes place, and I believe we're closer to the rapture than we can even imagine, we are not going out. You and I are not going out the borrower. We're going out the lender. We're going out above and not beneath. We're going out as a glorious bride. We're going out where the world will say, why is it you are so blessed? And you say, because the curse has been broken and the blessing has been released and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. If you receive that, give the Lord a clap offering. I wanna ask you to stand with me all over the building. I wanna ask you to stand with me all over the building. And I wanna ask you this morning to receive the anointing for prosperity. Oh, I got three amens. Shame on you. You know what amen means? Okay, so let me say it again, and for all that are watching. I wanna release on you the anointing for prosperity. You got to break that religious curse. Well, I don't care about what God does in this lifetime. Well, let me help you with that. Let me help you with that. It is we are we are at we are in the season, beginning of the season where God doesn't want you to worry about paying your bills. God wants you to live in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. Amen. Okay, now that sounds selfish. That sounds selfish, doesn't it? I, 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 I have people that still fight that, in that, oh, all I want is to get to heaven. In heaven, there's streets of gold. And the Lord says, when you pray, say, come kingdom of God. Be done will of God. So let, let me help you with that. If you're making $100 a week, right? How much of that automatically belongs to the Lord? $11, Eleven dollars. thank you. You need to do my books. <laughs> if you're making $1,000 a week, how much automatically belongs to the Lord? if you're making $10,000 a week. Do you see what I'm saying? You're blessed, you look blessed, and the kingdom of heaven's blessed. There's nothing wrong with being blessed. Now what's wrong with being blessed is you start getting so blessed you don't really come to church anymore. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen people, is that me? I've seen people that came into church living in their car, ended up being so blessed. And next thing you know, you know, five years, six years later, you don't see them anymore and say, well, I'm just too busy. You can never be too busy. If you get too busy to serve God, God will make sure you're not busy anymore. Right? Now I'm, I'm I'm giving you this warning because I'm telling you what's happening, and we're seeing it. Ha- we're seeing it happen in people in our church right here. We're seeing it happen that we're seeing them get blessed, and we're seeing them, you know, that started with nothing and started getting blessed. The more blessed you are, how many how many believe it, it's it's okay to be debt free? How many would like to be debt free? You know, this ministry is debt free. This, this ministry's debt-free. Isn't that, isn't that nice? And you know what? Instead of paying the bank something every month, we can feed kids in Africa, we can support orphanages, we can support Holocaust survivors, we can, we can bring Jews back to Israel instead of giving that away. See, l- let me help you, let me help you, okay? If you're, uh, nothing wrong with renting, but it's better to own your own home Because if you're renting, you're just paying for somebody else's house. But if you own your own home, that's money in the bank. That's why the Bible says when you, he gives us a warning. He said when your herds increase and your flocks increase, in other words, when your business is growing and you're living in beautiful houses, don't forget he's the one that gave that to you don't don't and and i'm giving you a warning because i'm telling you can i share can i confess one thing we got we have nine minutes can i confess something years and years ago uh, a man in our church um uh, had financial setback and everything and so we helped him and 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 helped him get on his feet and he had a, you know a, this is, a, this is a great man he's one of my best friends and a little while later, he and, he and another guy invented a little thing called the Bowflex machine. And he called me one day and he said, Larry, he said, we're gonna take this thing public. He said, you ought you to invest in it. And I said, really? He said, it, like, it was like 35 cents a share. And so Tiz and I literally, and this is not what you're supposed to do, but we literally borrowed $2,000 to buy stock in the Bowflex machine. Now, let me back up. Years before that, we have borrowed $1,000, $2,000 when, when I, I was loading trucks to help build a wing on the church. So we didn't just borrow to get, we borrowed to be a blessing. And I'm not saying to do that, but we borrowed this money. And next thing you know, the, 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 the stock went crazy. And so we borrowed again and bought more. Long story short, in about two years, Tiz and I were 13 million ahead. I'm going. Tiz and I were 13 million ahead. And so you know what I did? I told Tiz one day, I said, I'm leaving the ministry. I'm leaving the ministry. I'm tired of counseling people. I'm tired of, I'm tired of working on sermons. I'm tired of this. I've been doing it a long time. I'm leaving the ministry. Guess what happened to that 13 million? In one day, it crashed. And I said, Lord, you know, I think I'm staying in the ministry now. In one day, in one day, we lost we lost almost the whole thing. So what I'm telling you is when we release this anointing on you for prosperity, it doesn't necessarily mean Ed McMahon is showing up or you're gonna win the lottery. If you do, a 10th is the Lord and offering besides. I wonder if that guy that won 4 billion in California, is, I hope he's going to somebody's church. But what I'm saying is, is, is the Lord said, oh, you're," and, and we we're just getting into the Jewish roots then. I was just understanding. God said, no, no, I got plans for you. Now, I believe in all my heart had I said, you know, my Lord, I'm staying in the ministry. I don't have to worry about anything. I just, you know, we'd still have that. But in one day, I got on a plane in Venice. I was writing a book on seven curses that blocked the blessing. And the first curse was racism and where racism began and the ghetto began. And my guy called me and said, I think we need to sell the stock. I said, no. Don't worry about it, man, making money is easy. By the time we got off uh, in Paris, the thing had collapsed and I go, Jesus help me. (laughs) So what I'm saying is, is that you start to get those raises and you start thinking of, and you start building a business and you start getting the bonuses. That's not a time to stop serving God. Let me warn you, let me warn you. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you can drop another 12 million on me. I'll be, I'll, I'll be serving God because I'm gonna give you all the praise and all the glory. How many are ready for an anointing of prosperity? Now, we have six minutes and I wanna do, I wanna do this. If, you're, if you wanna receive by the blood of Jesus, you wanna break that curse of poverty, you wanna break that curse that, that, that blocks that blessing, and now seal the anointing of prosperity. I wanna ask you to come down and meet me right down in the front. Now, I'm I'm telling you, it's gonna happen. The Bible promises in the last days, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. But I'm warning you, do not stop serving God because it's gonna happen for you. I've been doing this a long, long time. You know, one of Tiz's favorite teachings is that when you are serving God, he'll give you, come on, squeeze down this way. Squeeze, I wanna I want bring everybody in. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter if you're young, come on down. If you're young or old, it does not matter if you're new in the Lord or been in with the Lord for a long time. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, brown, purple, pinstriped, Oka dotted, it doesn't matter. The Father is looking to bring prosperity into your life. Amen. He's looking to bring prosperity into your life. When I walked out on the stage, I looked over you and I saw the anointing of God, the favor of the it's a spiritual thing on you. And just as I was getting ready to pray, God said, along with that spiritual blessing is gonna come financial blessing. When we get get through this, when we get through the, uh, the holidays and everything, I'm gonna teach something I haven't taught in years on the fist of faith. One of those things is don't limit what God can do. Don't limit what he can do. Don't limit how he can do it. Don't limit who he can do it for. I wear I wear I wear these every day, everywhere I go. One of them is the teaching "Tis tough and lion, lion strong and tis tough," Psalms 103, one through five, teaching on healing. The other one is somebody's going to get blessed. Might as well be me. Now let me ask you something. This year, this coming year, somebody. Somewhere is going to get really, really blessed. Is, is, that, is that true? Is that true? Somebody, some a miracle, miracle blessing. Is that true? Well, if somebody's going to get blessed, it might as well, might as well be you. Is, is that, does that make sense? Somebody's going to get blessed, might as well be you. Say, well, Pastor, you don't know where I came from. You know what my background is. I don't know, but I know what your future is if you'll believe God. And you've got to come to this mentality. When I first got saved, I have two university degrees, but I had done drugs for so long and such heavy drugs for so long, they put me, when I got saved at 24 years old, two university degrees, they put me in the 15 and under sunny school class because I couldn't talk anymore. My, my mind, my brain was, was gone. My mind was gone. You know, the other day I went to the doctor and I had my knee looked at and they're looking and they go, how old are you? I said, I'm 72. And they said, you don't look 72. And I said, I don't think 72. It's, it's just a number, okay? Just the number. If you're older, if you're older, you you came to me the other day, and I said, you know, I haven't talked to him in a while. The favor of God's on you. You start start looking for the favor of God. Not so, well, I'm gonna go out and earn. No, God, God said, you've already earned it. Start looking for the favor of God to come on you. Amen that things are gonna be taken. This is what God's saying. He said, I'm, "I'm, I'm gonna help take care of things for you. The favor of God. If you're older and you haven't seen that breakthrough financially, get excited. Amen. Because it's stored up. The wealth of the wicked is stored up. Now, I, I know I said this, and I've got a whole message on this. If, if you're African American, get excited. Everything your mother should have had, your grandmother should have had, your grandfather should have. If you're Hispanic, get excited. Everything your mother should have had, your grandfather should have had. If you're a Christian, Christians have been taught for almost 2,000 years that spirituality and poverty are synonymous. They are not, they are not. So if you're a Christian, no matter what age, what gender, what color, you need to get excited because everything that should have been in the hands of God's people are taking, being taken out of the hands of the wicked and being released into our hands in these last days. Do you receive that? Lift your hands up. Say this with me out loud. Say, Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price for all my sin right now I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior look at me Yom Kippur what you just did is receive the sacrifice of the lamb now we're dipping our finger in the blood as often as you do this, remember what I did for you. And he's taking it into the Holy of Holies and he's sprinkling it how many times? How many days did the priest speak the blessing? We have scraped it away. This is my body which is broken, all right? The curse is broken right now. Say it's broken. It's broken. Say it's gone. it's gone. Who the Son sets free, sun sets free. is me. Now he's getting ready to release the blessing. He now takes the blood, puts it on the scapegoat's head and sends it to a desert place. And we are not, the Holy Spirit and you are not gonna let that thing come back. It's gonna try to come back, gonna try to come back, but we won't let it come back. Now say this out loud, Satan, Satan, I bind you. I I rebuke rebuke you. you. Get out of my home. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my family. Get out of my finances. Get out of my future. And I declare every blessing, every blessing, say it out loud, every blessing that Jesus shed his blood for. Now look at me. If all he did was die for our sin, he would have gone to the garden, We'll talk about this next week. Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And boom, right to Calvary. But he walked the Via Dolorosa. He walked the road of suffering. He shed his blood seven different times. See how we're connecting him? Yom Kippur, Passover, the blood of Jesus, the garden. We're connecting him. And what's in the middle? Revelation. And in these last days, My people, God's people are gonna walk in such an anointing. Say this out loud, I receive on my life, on my home, my family, my finances, I receive an anointing of prosperity that everything I put my hands to, Almighty God, my heavenly Father, You will cause it to prosper in Jesus' name. I rebuke debt. My Father will cancel my debt and release on me abundance, not someday, but today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you receive that, give the Lord a great big clap offering. I am not ashamed to want abundance. Amen. I'm not ashamed. Paul said, I've served God in plenty and in one. And I have. Kiz and I have served God where we're praying for the lights to stay on and we were faithful to God. I've served God in plenty and I've served God in one. But I'm gonna be honest with you. Plenty's a whole lot more fun. Amen. Yes. You cannot be ashamed of wanting abundance. Amen. You cannot be ashamed of wanting more than enough. Amen. The Bible says, let your requests be made known unto God. Father, I I, I request a new car Amen. with praise and thanks Father, I thank you that you're gonna provide that. Father, I need, we need a new home. Father, I thank you that you're gonna provide that. You let your request be known unto God and you enter into that with praise and thanksgiving. Why? Because God has a covenant with you through the blood of Jesus that no devil can steal. Amen. Do you receive that? Amen. Now, let me say one more thing, and I'm gonna, who's closing? You, Weinerson and Luke. Let me say one more thing, and I told this to some of our folks in the back. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's, More people commit suicide in America than any other time of the year. More people between Thanksgiving and New Year's. But the Bible says, tis the season. Tis the season. To be jolly. Make a vow with me right now. The devil will not steal your joy. Amen? The devil will not steal your joy. No matter what you go through, no matter what happens, no matter what anybody says to you, no matter what, you're with the family and everything, you will not let the devil steal your joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you receive it? I want, to say, I want you to pray one more thing. This next year, say it out loud, this next year will be the best year of my life so far. I'm ready ready. to walk walk. In in more than enough. Give the Lord a clap offering one more time.